Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm busy loving myself, putting me first. Now that I know I deserve more. I'm busy loving myself, putting me first. Made up my mind, I'm on my grind. My time to shine, you hit my line. No time for that, I'm moving forward and right now You're in my past, I've come too far To turn back now, not going back I see that everybody's sleeping on me They really gotta see it to believe Welcome to I Love Me More, period (laughs) This is the space where brave women share their stories of resilience and triumph In the face of abuse I'm your host, Dr. Jamila T. Davis, and this is my co-host, Tara Wallace. And on this show, y'all, we delve into the profound impact that these experiences have had on the lives of our guests. Through candid conversations, we aim to shed light on the strength that emerges from adversity, offering support, understanding, and a platform for healing. Join us as we navigate these powerful narratives and amplify the voices of those who have turned their pain into empowerment. This is I Love Me More, where stories of survival become stories of strength. Hello, viewers. Did you know that incarcerated individuals are found to have more likely experienced trauma in childhood than non-incarcerated populations? While in prison through assaults and other traumatic interactions are found to be unreported but contributed heavily to the increased percentage of people developing or experiencing PTSD symptoms. Many of these individuals struggles with re-entry into the communities. While in prison, they are very likely bottled up and unable to process or share these thoughts and feelings that they are having. This can contribute to more negative outcomes due to unmanaged symptoms, which is one of the many factors that increases the likelihood of re-offending. The process of re-entry is heavily reliant on families, friends, service providers, as well as community members. Government surveys of state and federal prisoners estimate that 43% to 57% of women in state and federal prisons have been physically or sexually abused at some time in their lives. Through candid conversations, we aim to shed light on the strength that emerges from adversity, offering support, understanding, and a platform for healing. Join us as we navigate these powerful narratives and amplify the voices of those who have turned their Pain into empowerment. This is I Love Me More, where stories of survival become stories of strength. All right, Tara. So here we are. What a journey. Oh, my God. It just gives me like jitters. I'm like nervous and trying to, you know, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Because this lets me know Mm -hmm. that our pain and our stories Mm -hmm. actually have purpose and meaning. Right. So it's a full circle moment for me, you know. I'm not going to front and I'm not going to act like I ain't a little anxious, but I'm ready to get into it. Exactly. And it also, for us to talk about another side of it all, 
Like we are people, we are human, and we deserve grace and respect. And that's right. That's what we're, one of the things we're offering here. And for me, you know, a lot of people know that I was incarcerated, you know, from me telling my stories and sharing, but they don't really understand Mm -hmm. how much healing I had to do Mm -hmm. and how much help you don't get in prison. Because see, you know, prisons just lock you up and throw away the key, Mm -hmm. but there's no real rehabilitation. And like the statistics that you said, most women offend, you know, because of an issue, because of trauma, right? Right. So I dedicated my life to my healing. And me now being, you know, from federal prisoner 59253053 to Dr. Jamila T. Davis, mm-hmm. right? Now we're about to explain to them this work. Right. And for, for those of you that don't know, um, I did my dissertation on using life coaching as a tool to dethrone the trauma mm-hmm. to prison pipeline. And it was during that work that me and Tara and I met. And we met at the Shadi Baraka Center back in Newark. And I was in... <laughs> What was that? Uh, that was 2019. Wow. Yeah, 2019. Wow, full circle. Oh, full circle. Yeah, you know, Yanis um, who brought us together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's like you know we're doing this work at the Shani Baraka Center. I'd love for you to be a part of it. And you know, I, I you come to pick me up. I'm nervous all the way there. You know, you have that little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, are people gonna listen to me, or you know, they're gonna hear what I have to say because people judge you. They go back to reality TV and they think that's like your entire life. One toxic relationship. Girl, I knew they were going to judge you because my people at the Shawnee Baraka Center, they watch Love and Hip Hop. And I knew that they was looking at you like, wow, this woman went through something. Yeah. And I knew that if we could like start getting you to share your story, me to share my story, we could get them to share our stories. And we did that. Yeah. Magic happened in a room over there. Absolutely. I think it's just the time that women get to do that now where we get to own our stories, empower ourselves, as we spoke about before, and not let that define who we are. We're no longer letting that happen. That's right. So, because I love me more. Yes, honey. Yeah. <laughs> so they're in for a treat, y'all. So this love seat right here, you know, it's a real love seat, but baby, this love is seat. the love seat. It's a place of where we just pour, pour it all out, get it out. Cause see, that's the thing. A lot of us keep things bottled in Mm -hmm. because we don't want to talk to people about our imperfections, Mm -hmm. you know, Instagram and social media. We busy highlighting all the good stuff, but we ain't really talking about the real stuff. So baby, if you want a platform Mm -hmm. where we going to keep it real and get into that nitty gritty, you are in the right place. All right, guys, you're not going to want to miss our guest, but I'm not going to tell you who they are just yet. You just have to be patient and stay tuned, but you do not want to miss them. Oh, you definitely don't want to miss this. And we talked about bringing real ones into the building. <laughs> oh, we got some real ones. And I promise you, their stories and their life and their transformation will truly be inspiring. But hold up, y'all. You know we got to pay these good bills. So take a listen to a few words from our sponsors. Hello friends, it's your girl, Dr. Jamila T. Davis, and I have a special announcement. We are finally opening up the Black Women's Lives Matter community. So what does that mean in real time? We can fellowship with you. We have this platform that we're giving to you for absolutely free. And it's a place where you can learn from other black women just like you. And we're gonna be learning real things, speaking to experts about finances, relationships, fashion, makeup, parenting, 
You name it, we got it in the community. It's a place that we can fellowship and also heal. We're also going to be having therapy in the community. There's a lot of things that we need to talk about to get off our chest, you know, and we're going to do it in a safe place where we can learn from experts about how to maximize our potential and become the best us that we can possibly be. So what does this mean? It's time to click the link in our bio and join today. It is absolutely free. It costs you nothing (laughs) and it will grow you so much. I promise you. So meet me in the community. You get to actually work with me this year. I'm going to be doing some one-on-ones. I'm going to be doing some group work and it's all about leveling up. Meet me in the community. I'll see you soon. And y'all already know what it is. It's going down. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Baby, we are in for a treat. Our next guest, Mm -hmm. oh, y'all, we about to get into it. Make sure you press subscribe and like. This is I Love Me More and it's going down, period, okay? (laughs) So our next guest is my dear friend, director, right? Lakeisha Yuri. She is the director of Newark's Office of Violence Prevention. And what I love about her job and her mayor, which is Mayor Ross Baraka, is that they are innovators, right? So they actually defunded the budget from the police and public safety and utilized the money to actually fund the people, which is through her Office of Violence Prevention. And why this guest is so important to both me and Tara is because we got our start in this work through her. It was at the Shawnee Baraka Center when she was the director there that she actually gave us an opportunity to do this work. And we saw how it empowered so many people. And I'll tell you, man, she's a LCSW. For those that don't know, that means a licensed clinical social worker. So as we talk to her, we're going to talk about our story, her story, but then we're going to get down to the nuggets, right? So that's the truth of what you could do to heal and break free from toxic relationships. So without further ado, let's give it up for our dear friend, Director Keisha Yuri. Welcome to I Love Me More. Thank you so much for having me. It's certainly long overdue for us to be able to be here and have this conversation as we started out so long ago, which brings us full circle to today. So we gonna make yes. the people laugh a little bit. So we gonna make them laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely gonna make them laugh because y'all, the mayor, Mayor Baraka introduced me to Keisha and my life changed from that moment. And I started doing what it was flipping the game with you first, right. right? So that was a program designed to help guys off the street go from an illegitimate, you know, hustle to a legitimate hustle. And we gave them jobs and helped them with stuff in the construction lane. And it went really well. And then, you know, um, directly, I got, you know, I'm like director, Yuri, Keisha, Keisha, all right, Keisha today. Okay. Because okay. we're going to keep it real today. Sure. <laughs> all right. So Keisha was like. You know, um, Jamila, you got any programs for survivors of domestic violence? I was like, yeah, yeah, girl, I sure do. Baby, I have a clue of what I was getting into. But Ke- and Keisha probably knew, but you gave me the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Certainly. So I was working for the city and I was um, getting some grant funds. Um, and I just didn't know how to execute and get the staffing that I needed. And so the mayor put Jamila with me. She said she wanted to do some programming. And he said, go see Keisha. 
and I was over at the Shani Baraka Center at the time. This is during the time of transition. And so I said, I have all these staff members, but they can't help me do the programming that I need. I just need some help. And so she said, all right, you know, tell me what you need. And during that time, I had, um, I had five grants um, that was like $500,000 each, but I, I couldn't figure out how to get it to the next level. So she helped me to do that. She helped me to staff it. She helped me to figure out what programming looks like. And so the Shani Baraka Center is a, a, a center for women in crisis for domestic violence and sexual violence. Um, and is named after the mayor's sister as she was shot and killed as a result of domestic violence. And so it's, it's, it's sensitive, right, that space. Definitely. And so needing to figure out the right person at the right time at the right place. That was God, girl, because I was broke like a joke, honey. <laughs> I was fresh home from the people, federal prison, and folks don't be wanting to give us opportunities. Right. So the fact to have a mayor who, like, I respect and admire so much, who saw me right. and believed in me and said, yo, you could do it, baby. I was going to figure that thing out, honey. And then I called you, Tara. <laughs> And that was yeah. like, wow. Do you remember how the girls reacted to Tara coming into the building? Yeah, the program was, was they were excited, right? Like beyond excited because we was trying to figure out how to market it, to who do we market it to. We know social media went up and the line was outside and around the corner. Yeah. And so we were doing programs um, for um, domestic violence around makeup, right? The, the magic of makeup, yes, right? How to do wig making classes. But then we ultimately had a support group every week for women that was experiencing domestic violence. So we had all three of the rooms rocking um, and people were trying to figure out what's going on over there because we never had that before. Mm -hmm. We never had the, the amount of attention. We had mayors coming through. We had Andy coming through. We had cameras coming through. Right. So it was, it, was, it was inspiring because women never saw that place. Before it was a place of stigma. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted to come there or be seen there because that means you were being abused. And they didn't want to. But when y'all came, it was the place to be. That's the power of community collaboration. And that's what I love, right? So cities and spaces and places, they got money and grants and things. But uh, oftentimes they operate in a silos. Right. They don't want to partner with the people. So you gave us an opportunity. And then I, w I was I was I. But Tyra at the time, he was lit. And Andy was lit lit. So when we went on social media, we was like, yo, we doing these these meetings, right? Yeah. And, you know, yo, one million plus followers, Yandy, seven million plus followers. Like, in days, we had lines out the door. And I remember your face like, what? Yeah, they was transforming the space. And so when Tyra was coming, she was running the workshops. Um, on a weekly basis, every Monday. Right. So, you know, talk a little bit about what that was like, because I was running from space to space. So obviously I was nervous because we talked about <laughs> this before, because, you know, you, you're offering yourself in a different light. But I did have experience in toxicity. And we just basically used that as how we were going to approach it. Roundtable discussion. We're all here to learn from each other. We're going to put it all on the table. And this is a place where everybody should feel comfortable talking about what they need to talk about. And, you know, uh, the night we did vision boards, and, you know, just all of these things that we were doing. And in doing these things, these conversations just begin to happen and people begin to open up and people begin to share things like women of all ages, you know, just things you would never imagine a woman of a certain age going through or experiencing or not knowing was we were all at this table sharing. And, you know, 
it, it inspired me. It helped me. You know, we learned so much because so Jamila and I would be talking on the way home about what we just learned or not talking because we were thinking about, wait a minute, maybe that was abuse. Uh, maybe maybe that was toxic. Maybe we never thought about it in that way. I know that yeah. happened to me because I never looked at myself as being a victim of domestic mm -hmm. violence. Exactly. And I, you know, I was like, okay, he shall do this. But then I had to think about all of them. I said, baby, because it was just like an eye opener for me and an aha moment because I went through the same thing that folks were talking about. And I think what made our program so dope and so real, so impactful is that we were willing to share our real right. stories, right. Right? right? You know, everybody talk about the good stuff, right? right. That's easy to talk mm -hmm. about, but folks don't want to talk about that real gutter stuff. So I know the fact that I was talking about my incarceration and right. the things that led up to it and the Tara, you know, cause the baby's name was ready for Tara. <laughs> well, I don't know, Right. They pulled up on Tara, like, right. tell us about it. Right. And she just kept it so real in the room. Right. And I think it was that that just made the whole room. At first, nobody wanted to share. Everybody holding right. on to their little secrets. Right. And then once we started pouring, it just was like, rain down. I mean, just, <laughs> it was just crazy. Everybody was pouring it. Right. And because of, she made it normal, right? Mm. She made it safe. Yes. She made it as if, listen, you don't have to be ashamed, right? It happens to the best of mm -hmm. us. Even when we're doing what we're supposed to do, right? It happens to the best of us. And so I remember being in the space and, and hearing the stories and saying, well, domestic violence is not just what happens within boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, girl. like intimate relationships. It's what's happening in your four walls. And I was like, wait, my mother and father was in a domestic violence situation. <laughs> wow. My mother stabbed my father three inches from his heart. He almost died. They both went to jail. I ended up at Aunt Betty's house. I'm like, wait. But back then he wasn't talking about it, right? It was just, you just stay together forever. They love each other and it's just a relationship. right? And so really being able to understand the trauma associated with it and how I was affected, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. right? And so it was helpful for me as well. And well, so, we needed you. So the irony of this thing is me and Tara, we was in there doing what we was doing, right? And we was just sharing, but we didn't realize that we actually needed the professional help of an expert, right? Exactly. Until it got funky oh. at the shiny Malaga Santa baby. So I remember oh, that one note I was sharing. And you know, folks is hitting triggers in there right. because now we unpacking things that people ain't been talking about before. Right. So people don't really understand that once you start talking, you gotta have the experts there. Right. Cause baby, one day I thought it was good. We was just doing our little- We're having a good time. It was so beautiful. What? And went left. Exactly. Baby, the left, the girl jumped behind the table and grabbed the other girl. And then Wafi had to do the double back and spin back on her and hold it out. I say, yo, what? And I was like, wait, 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 what's going on? Uh, I was like, no. In, in my head, I'm crying because I'm thinking that's it. The mayor is going to put us out of right. the people's yeah. land. And I mean, it was yeah. this wasn't regular stuff. This was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tyson, boop, boop, let's get it. Like, and, and then the other sister jumped. Right. Baby, that was a movie. But Keisha came and saved right. the day. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. Like, what happened and why people like you are important? So it was a whole fight, right? And so while we talking about triggers, people were triggered, right? And one of the people felt like the other person was being disrespectful. And so, like you said, people jumped in. It's a fight happening. But while there was a fight happening over here, 
There was another issue happening right here and another one in here in all of the spaces. And so being able to de-escalate a situation when it's happening, being able to know how to move people away and being able to say, oh, don't call me not calling the police. Whoa, because that was the thing that the first thing that, ah, call 911, oh, no, don't call 911. We don't need 911 here today, baby. I just knew we was done. And so, like you said, Tyra was surprised. She's like, what's going on? And so being able to have people in the space that know how to de-escalate situations, that know how to stop fights, but not just fights, because we understood that it was underlying hurt and the person felt disrespected, Mm -hmm. right? And it wasn't even intended for that. And then the sister jumped in and then the friend jumped in. And so we had to to realign the space and say, all right, y'all, what what can we do different? Mm -hmm. How can we do this thing different? Before we got to that, you had to actually have sessions with folks, right? right? right. Because you got to understand when you're from the hood, you're not trying to go to therapy. Right. You thinking therapy, I, I ain't crazy, girl. What you mean therapy, right? So the folks hadn't wanted to go to therapy. Right. So there was no place of people with real skills that were right. trained to do this work. Right. So Keisha came in that night not only to help de-escalate, but she had right. to really have counseling sessions mm-hmm. to see what was the trauma because right. folks was ready to jump after that. I mean, it was such a ball of emotions right. coming out of multiple different people. And then that's when we realized the formula. Okay, we got the credible messages because right. you and I was the credible messengers. Mm-hmm. But then we also needed the experts right. and the root. Right. And somebody who has experience with them, that knows them, that they trust. Right. Right. That can, that's able to have the one-on-one conversation. So we had one-on-one conversations and it took as long as it took. We was there all night. Mm-hmm. And so we had to look at each other and say, listen, y'all, we in this together and we're going to figure this thing out together. But really being able to help people understand what their triggers are, what happened, what to do, what not to do, how to get past it. And ultimately what the consequence is going to be, because there's always a consequence. Right. And your actions could have shut down everything for everybody. Everybody. Right. And so your inability to to uh, be able to have self-control Right. And so being able to explain that to them. So it helped us to be able to take the program to a deal. You know, what's so funny. I know I'm gonna let this go. But baby, I, I done been to prison for 10 years and everything. And I didn't see. All, but I wasn't ready that day. You <laughs> stay ready. But I had like let the guard down on that. Right. One. So I didn't even see it. So I was just like, like, I couldn't even grab. No, I didn't. I was just, I was, yo, I was twisted on that one. That was, I was just one. Like, let it go. No, no, <laughs> let it go. Don't worry about that. And it was just steady escalate, escalating. And then as everybody left and went into the individual therapy, I'm like, we're, we're not just going to sit here. Let's yeah, continue. The yeah. people that are here, the people that want to continue, let's just continue what we're already doing so that maybe we're all doing, this is a day that we're all doing something different because we all need something different. Right. Then you brought in a therapist. So the program mm-hmm. got even better because in the beginning, we asked if anybody wanted therapy and they was like, nah. Right. And then the girls you know, one by one started going to therapy and like I told them, that was that was the ish. Right. It's the place where you could go release and not be judged and not worry about what you share and get repeated yeah. where people can point out blind spots and things of that nature. So I'm so proud of what we what come on, let's hold each other's hand on that. What yeah. we created yeah. as a community, because now we're resp- it was an eight-week program, y'all. It was only supposed to last for eight weeks and it ended up lasting for two whole years. Right. And they, they didn't want to let it go to end. 
And so many people got healed. Their lives got transformed. I was in a toxic relationship. Baby, I had to get my, I said, I won't be a hypocrite. I ain't going to be telling y'all some I ain't that. Hold up. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, me too. Right, you, right. you know? And I got to, my healing on. So, so much came from such a great thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is a 360. And how do you feel seeing us take what we got from you? Because I really cheated a little bit because I didn't really know what I was doing. But I really got to learn from you and to see what we're doing now from the Shani Baraka Center, right? Mm-hmm. Underneath your direction to now doing something that I believe this platform is going to help transform. I'm going to put it out there. Millions that don't talk about right. the issue. Right. So it, it's super, super important that we just got started, right? We didn't know what we were doing. We had eight weeks. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. But the fact that we just did it, got started, and then we were co- committed, right? The commitment to it made it great. And them being able to trust us. And it was business owners. It was people in there who think you would never be in there. Um, and it started to help them not be ashamed anymore. Mm-hmm. Is they didn't blame themselves anymore. You started to see the relief. You started to see them. Hey, ladies, it's your girl, Dr. Jamila T. Davis here. And I got something truly transformative to share with you today. As black women, we know the struggle with hormonal imbalances all too well. Whether it's dealing with PMS or navigating the changes of menopause. Let me tell you, finding hormone harmony was a game changer for me. And I'm excited to share why. Hormone Harmony isn't just another supplement. It's a phenomenon, y'all. Picture this. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Yeah, you heard right. This stuff is flying off the shelf because it's changing lives. When it comes to our health, quality matters. Happy Mammoth, the company behind Hormone Harmony, is all about making women's lives easier. They use science-backed ingredients that actually work. No compromises, just results. So let's talk about adaptogens. That's the secret sauce in Hormone Harmony. These herbal abstracts help our bodies adapt to stressors like hormonal changes, making them perfect for any woman experiencing imbalances. From hot flashes to low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back, sis. But here's the real kicker. Feeling like yourself again. That's what women are saying in over 17,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. And let me tell you, it's true. I'm finally feeling like me again, and it was worth every single penny. Now, here's the deal. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. So you know what to do, sis. Visit happymammoth.com today and get your bottle. Trust me. You'll thank me later. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. I'm indifferent every week, mm-hmm. right? You can see them looking different and feeling different. The energy was different. The empowerment that came because it, was, it wasn't it was just them. They didn't feel like they were in it by themselves and that they had some hope. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because many of them were hopeless. Many of them talked about being suicidal. Mm -hmm. Many of them talked about not wanting to, to be here anymore, not wanting to take care of their children because they had babies by the person that they were being abused by, mm -hmm. right? And so their parenting became different. Their financial situation became different because some of them were in the wig making class and the makeup class as well and doing the empowerment sessions. So it gave them something mm -hmm. that they never had before. And so they have a tool that helps them to get out of the financial bondage, to get out of the mental and the emotional bondage. And so what you all were able to do was able to transform lives in a way that we haven't been able to do it before and still haven't been able to do it since you, you've gone. But you would know what? <laughs> While we was transforming lives, the opportunity you gave us transformed our lives. Our lives yeah. So I ended up, through the work that I did with you, I got my PhD, right? From the research, yep, Dr. Davis, from that research that we just talked about right. and being able to publish that, and then Tara has some good news of what came out of it for her. So I've been studying to get certified in domestic violence so that we can, you know, so I can understand this a lot more. It's just right. something I never thought that I would do. So that's yeah. your impact on us. So, of course, you had to be the very first guest <laughs> on the love seat. Because we want to share with the world transformation is possible, right? <laughs> and we want to show communities that, you know, regular people could right. do extraordinary things, you know, by yeah. sharing and telling their stories. Absolutely. Thank you all for sharing your gifts yeah. and your, your experience um, and to be able to show up when some days you didn't have it to show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think now we got to ask you some questions. Yeah. Well, you're the expert <laughs> today, right? So we want to get more information for folks mm -hmm. who are healing. And we want to talk about like, you know, because I know you're an expert in trauma recovery, right? right? That's what the center is, right? Informed care, like, you know, knowing about toxic relationships, how, you know, how to break free, like the signs, like give us the stuff that folks don't really, you know, know about that you could potentially share with us as an expert on the matter and just mm -hmm. some tips in regards to healing. Absolutely. So a lot of times we ignore the, the red flags, right? We know that we see the flags. We know that it's there. We know when the person begins to, you know, be controlling mm -hmm. or you have anxiety and can't be yourself or when you feel like you are um, reliant on them financially, emotionally, physically, because you don't have family, because you had loss and trauma. And so the person, whoever it is, and we talking about family ships, relationships, mm -hmm. workships, right? Not just intimate relationships. Um, and so when you start to, if it don't feel right, it's not right, mm, right? And we good. have to begin to trust our gut. Yes. We have to begin to know ourselves and not put that person first before we put ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so some of the, the toxic relationships and some of the things that we been, begin to see, the abuse begin to be emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm verbally abusive first. You begin to see the verbal things happen first before the physical happens. Right. Um, and when you feel like you can't talk about it and you can't be yourself and you can't go to anyone because now you feel ashamed, we know that's a red flag. We know it's not right. Um, and so when we have other um, people around us that we don't go to supports or feel like we don't have supports, mm -hmm. well, our self-esteem right begins to... Um, get impacted where we don't feel like we are worthy, mm -hmm. right? Or we can't do better or we don't want to lose the person, right? And so we start to compromise, mm -hmm. right? And negotiate things that we know we should never compromise and negotiate. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things that we begin to look at um, in terms of some of the red flags. That's good. 
So now how did you get into this work? Because I know trauma for you, you also experienced it too, I think, at a young age. Right? So I got into this work by way of my own personal um, trauma issues. So um, my dad passed away my first year of college. My mom passed away my second year of college. And so I had to um, drop out of school, out of college, and go home and work. And I have a brother who was, you know, in the streets. And I ultimately was home from college one weekend, and someone came and knocked on the door looking for him. And I said, well, he's asleep. He's not here. And so um, not say he was asleep. And so they said, well, he normally pick up his daughter in the mornings. And I said, yeah. And so I didn't get a chance to tell my brother the next morning that the person came looking for him. But someone came knocking on the door and said, your brother got shot down the street. Mm. And the same person that shot him is the same person who came and knocked on my door. Wow. And so that ultimately landed me in a place of not feeling safe, not feeling secure. My brother didn't die, but I saw the person and knew the person that did it. And so if he came to the house that day, he would ultimately come back again. And so overnight, I had to leave the house that I lived in my whole life with my my mom and dad's house, Mm. pack up and leave overnight. So that threw me into a life of, I got to do something about this. So then I had a boyfriend that was shot and killed. And I had another um, boyfriend shot and killed. And I had a cousin shot and killed. And I said, I don't want people to feel like this when you're on the other side of that yellow tape and the police are talking to you crazy and nobody's in a hospital room with you and there's no advocate, there's no social worker, nobody's going to show up for you. And I said, I don't want anybody to ever feel like that. So I want to be that person that show up for other people. Wow. And boy, have you shown up. You've shown up so much for your city. I mean, I've talked about what you've done for us, but you want to just share with our viewers a little bit about what you've been able to do for the city of Newark and how your work has helped to transform the community. So in that work, I began to be a part of an anti-violence coalition um, and they would go into neighborhoods where violence would take place and they would shut down the traffic and they would say and they had demands around what they wanted. And so this is how the work started. So this is about 15 years ago, 2009. Um, and we would go in each neighborhood for 155 weeks in a row. Every neighborhood shutting down traffic around stopping the violence. Wow. But putting the ownership on community and not law enforcement. This is not law enforcement's job. This is community's job. Because we know who did it. We know Miss Williams' son did it. We know he's going to do it again. We know what happened. And we don't say anything and creating that kind of a culture. And so the person who killed my first boyfriend, right, ultimately could have been the person to do it to somebody else because nobody said anything. It landed on my doorstep and other people's doorstep. And so this work had sparked me because in our demands, one of our demands was we wanted um, violence declared a public health issue. And that's what we were fighting for in the streets. And so um, we we was fighting for employment jobs for Newarkers for the Amistad to be taught in the schools, for people black and brown, because if I know who I am and I love myself, yes. I'm less likely to commit harm against people who love, like, look like me. Yes. We wanted the Bloods and Crips to put their guns down. And ultimately, we wanted to be able to have a voice in public safety. Don't go get somebody from somewhere else and say, this is gonna be your person. We know what we want. And so those demands helped us to start to organize around public safety in the community, Hence, bringing us forth to the Office of Violence Prevention, being declared a public health issue, violence being declared a public health issue, we were able to reallocate 5% of the police department's budget to be able to create the office, in which case other cities are afraid 
to reallocate police money. They'll take it from somewhere else or not at all. But a lot of other cities and mayors weren't able and still don't reallocate police department's money. Um, and so it was transformational because it was in the wake of George Floyd, where they were rallying against defunding the police. And so we, we ultimately reallocated. They don't like to say defund. But they also gave us a police department building, right? Beyond just funding, they gave us real estate, mm -hmm. a place to go and a place to be. And so a place that was once a place of harm, of police brutality in 1967 rebellion is now a place of hope and healing. And so we've been able to transform the culture around public safety and community-based public safety in the city of North. You have done an amazing job. I'm just so proud of you. And I'm just grateful to call you my friend and my colleague for sure in this work, but my friend. Not only did I get my PhD, one of the first larger um, awards we were able to get from your organization to be able to do this work for real, to hire folks, right. to get out there from teen entrepreneurship and all these things that we do now with students, you know, year after year after year after year, I've been able to depend on, you know, the work that I got started in your city. So like I said, this love seat, this was yeah. important, man. Mm -hmm. And we got so much to do. So y'all, y'all got to stay tuned because, see, this is not just a show where we talk the talk. We walk the walk. Right. So part of this is in the community. And you're going to see some of the community work. We're going to show you. You know, you got to stay tuned. You're going to see real stories, real people, real transformation. But we wanted you to understand how this work got started. This work is so important nationally because Newark is a national model for this work. And so we've also took some of our ARP dollars and, and funded organizations. So I funded 20, 30, 30 new organizations. Wow. Um, and I put out $16 million to community organizations that would never be funded ever because there's never been an investment in violence prevention. I love so it. So that's the transformation. That's the change. That's the work. And thank you for being a part of the work. All right, y'all. So stay tuned, y'all. We are hitting streets in North New Jersey. North New Jersey. It's going down at the Shawnee Baraka Center. We're going to have some live sessions where you can pull up, right? Yeah. Heal, transform, get this good stuff and get this good energy. Oh, man. We're just getting so much from you. This is so empowering. I'm so, mm -hmm. I'm so just honored to have this conversation. So let me ask you a question. What are the current challenges with the work that you do? This work is a passionate work, right? This work is a personal work. It's not a job, right? And so I tell people all the time, like, they can't pay you enough for this work mm -hmm. because you on call 24-7. When I was talking to someone earlier, like, you can't be away on vacation. I'm like, no, you're away, but you're not on vacation, mm -hmm. right? The mayor's calling morning, noon, and night. Um, the news is calling, things are happening. So we respond to shootings, to robberies, to stabbings, to carjackings, to suicides. Um, and so I have a team of social workers, outreach workers, victim advocates. Um, I have social workers in every police precinct. And so we are equivalent, like on the same level as a first responder as law enforcement. So if they get the call, then I get the call. If they at the scene, then I'm at the scene. Um, and so the challenge is, is that you don't get to be a regular person, um, right? Your life is not your own anymore. Wow. Um, and you're responsible for 300,000 people. Um, and everyone's calling you because they expect for you to be able to fix everything. Um, and being able to navigate the politics is the huge thing. Oh. Politics, oh. baby. <laughs> the politics mm. is major. And so one of the things that I think that makes me successful is that I'm able to navigate politics and community city government, 
law enforcement and be able to navigate it and do it in a way that doesn't clash. Um, and so those are some of the challenges. You, I can't pay my folks enough. I can't give them enough comp time. I can't let them be on vacation because I'm not on vacation. Mm. Folks are disgruntled. Folks are upset. They come to the council meetings and they complain and they, you know, you got to be able to withstand the scrutiny. And so you always scrutinize, your life is always on in, in the cameras. Um, and so the challenges with this work is that people don't understand that it's not a job, that it's a personal work. And when you hear the cry of mothers, when the, the, the coroner takes the body away, you hear that shrieking cry, like you don't forget that, right? Mm -hmm. When you're helping people who are in fires and you gotta figure it out and relocate folks because they're not safe. And you're doing things that's teeter-tottering on breaking the law for folks, right? To keep them safe. Um, and they rely on you with your life when you were coordinating and organizing organizations and they don't get along, but you still gotta make it work because we all gotta win. And when you're organizing every big homie in every neighborhood and bring them together yes. and you do brunch with them every week and you gotta make sure that they safe, it's a huge responsibility and you don't get to sleep unless you're doing it with, in, with integrity and with honesty and with your, your whole heart. I love you so much for the work. What are the statistics now since this particular office happened and was built? Like, what, what have y'all been able to be proven to reduce crime? Yeah, so people are like, oh, y'all reducing crime. I said, my job is not to reduce crime and violence in the city. That's not my job. My job is to put resources in the community, give people alternatives and more so that they don't resort to crime and violence. So it's to prevent. It's to prevent. Yes. The outcome is a reduction. Mm. But the more resources I put in place, the more people I help, the more people I hire, the more people I employ, the more people I educate, the more, then the less on this side happens. So we have, so Newark had over 100 homicides happening when I first got into this work. Last year, we finished at 50. Whoa. So we had a, a 50, a 60 year low. Right. Mm -hmm. um, for the first time, we were able to and have. And so right now we like right there and I, I'm at 43 for the year right now. And if wow. I can finish the year under the 50, then that's the impact that I'm able to have. And I'm able to say this is why we invest in the work. This is why we able to uh, reallocate five percent of the police department's budget. The police department in every city has the biggest budget. So our city is at $245 million. Whoa. So 5% of that is just a small piece of their overtime budget. So I'm not tapping into anything, but of course folks were upset. So when we did that and they gave us the building, people were outside protesting in front of the office saying, we don't want these people here. We want more police officers. Wow, that's so crazy. Not realizing that more police don't make you more safe. It doesn't equal more safety. That's good. So talking about trauma, and now you being a healer, right? What would you say to your childhood self? Because childhood happened early, right? <laughs> I told you that my dad passed away when I was 18 and my mom passed away when I was 19. So life for the year, was, it, was, it, was, it was a different life. Um, but my, my childhood self before that would say thank you to the people in the community that was helpful to me. I would say thankful to the lady next door that taught me how to sew the lady across the street that helped when my mom and dad got into fights, I can go there for cover. The lady next door that did my jerry curls and did my pressing <laughs> curls, right? And having community that these this generation may never know, right? So being able to go next door, across the street, down the street, and not feeling unsafe. 
And so I would say thank you to those people. I would be better to those people than I was to them. Um, no. If I knew what I knew now, I would be better in my childhood to people. Um, you know, you've just shared so much and I'm so blessed by everything that I just heard and continue to learn about you. And just some, one of the things you just spoke about, uh, community, you know, I grew up in Mississippi, oh. so community was extremely important. And I remember kind of the same, uh, that house you go to when things aren't right at home right. or the people that kind of step in to help out in different ways. And sometimes I wonder, you know, do my children even have that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just me all the time. They don't right. have right. That, that community. It's just the, like a one woman show, one, you know, two parent show. Right. So. That just brings me back home, and I say this all the time, and uh, that my kids don't have that and how I grew up in Mississippi and how um, all of these people were around. And, and my best friend was my grandfather, mm. you know, and if I could go back again as a child, I would probably cherish that a little bit more, have be less flip, you know, less flip it. Um, and listen a lot more because it is those conversations that I would have in those communities with my grandfather that have pretty much gotten me over every hurdle that I, that I experience now. And that's some real place. And yeah. for me, like with my childhood, even though I seem to have been in a house that had pretty good role models in it, you know, I still was missing my confidence, right? I'm still missing you know, knowing that there was something greater coming. So if I was going back to my childhood self, I know I would speak to her and just tell her, mm -hmm. you know, you're beautiful, you got this, and that you will face challenges because that's what they don't tell us, right? They right. tell us life is, you know, you think you're going to be adult and you're like, yeah, yeah you race into this place, but not understand that obstacles will come. So I would tell my younger self, you know, obstacles may come, mm -hmm. but you're going to be able to be strong enough mm -hmm. to stand and overcome them. So this is good stuff, that's man. Powerful. This is this is why these kind of conversations are really necessary. So, yo, y'all stay tuned, baby, because the next part of this is going to get even better. This was a good conversation, but we're going to lighten it up a little bit. So hold tight. We got a word from our sponsor. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Dr. Jamila T. Davis, and I got a special offer for you, right? It's my gift from me to you. You want to level up? You want to manifest the life of your dreams? Well, I'm going to give you a piece of the plan, right? It starts with my manifested now vision plan. So follow me. It's actually the template that I use each and every year to get into my goals, my dreams. And unlike a vision board, I actually put this document on paper with goals and dreams and plans of who I want to be and what I want to become. And now you could do it too. It's time to level up, y'all. It's time to be the best you that you can possibly be. And I'm going to give you the plan. And best of all, I'm going to give it to you for free. Click the link right here. Download today and level up. Make sure you share the results with me. This is the exact plan that I've been doing for the last four years. And each and every year is taking me higher and higher. And I pray it does the same for you. Welcome back. Now, the next series is called The Lightning Round. Now, this round, we're going to ask you a few questions and you have just a few moments to answer the question. All right, right. Okay. All right. First question. Three words to describe a toxic relationship. Toxic. Abuse, lying, cheating. 
Three words to describe a healthy relationship. Truth, loyalty, safety. You're in trouble. Who are you calling? Smoochie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I don't even know who Smoochie is. But all right. My but, best friend. All right. Yeah, okay. And also, because you talk about all the things that you do, I want to know something very personal. Like, what are your parents, Your nick, the nickname your parents called you? Kiki. 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 I like yeah. that. You could be right. <laughs> and what would you say to someone who's leaving a toxic relationship? I would tell them to um, pack all of their personal things and leave it with somebody and, and not keep their cell phones. I, th- I think you passed. <laughs> think about it. I think you passed. The winner of the lightning round. Wow, that's awesome. So, in closing, Keisha, there's going to be a lot of people mm-hmm. that's watching this that's like, yo. Who's that lady? How can they find you? So I am on Facebook as Keisha Yuri, um, Instagram and LinkedIn, all under Keisha Yuri. That's how you find me. My email address is leure02 at gmail.com. And you can follow me on all of those platforms. And if it's okay, partner, we'd like to have you come back as our resident, right, expert. So as we get into these relationships, we want to talk more to you about like what to do. Cause I know in real time, I call you like, yo Keisha, this happened. Like, and when I need the expert, I want to be able to lean into you a little bit more. I lean on it. All right. And we're going to come to your city and we're going to do this live for the people so we yes. can get the people to really, really engage and we can kind of resurrect what we did back in 2019. Yeah. And we need to spin the block on it. Let's do it and be ready to do it. And the city is ready and it's so much more needed. Um, now that we have more resources, more people, more partners, more collaboration, we're ready for you to come back to the city. Oh, you ready, Zara? I'm ready to go. Baby, you know I love it, baby. I'm in it. I'm Newark, it come. <laughs> so Newark, stay tuned. World, stay tuned. Yeah. This is another episode of I Love Me More, period. Make sure you like and subscribe. This week on I Love Me More, period. We talked about the importance of healing in collective groups. Tara and I shared about our time at the Shawnee Baraka Center and how we were able to heal when we saw that we were not alone. I believe support groups are so necessary and there are places and spaces where you could go and you could share and build that sisterhood up and heal. One of those places is our community at Black Women's Lives Matter. We have personal growth workshops, we have healing workshops, we have spaces and places where you can share and you can learn from other people who are just like you, who went through similar circumstances that you're going through right now and you can heal. The other thing you could do, you can also grab our book of I'll Love Me More, The Eight Steps to Breaking Free from Toxic Relationships. And that book is an interactive journal that will help you dive deeper, right? So it doesn't just talk about the problem, it shares the solution and it gives you a workspace where you can actually do the work and heal. Get your copy today at I Love Me More, period. See you soon. On the next episode of I Love Me More podcast. She was working in the federal prison and she was actually over the camp that I was housed at for seven whole years. Let's give it up for my dear friend, Miss Keisha Ellen. Jamila just had this way about her. And when she came at me, she always said to me that this place wasn't for me. I was bigger than this place. So with this woman, I spent so many years. So people got jealous of the relationship that me and her had. And now the whole time, me not knowing, the feds is watching me. 
Girl, they had me locked down like I was a murderer. But finally, I got to a point. I said, y'all gonna put me in jail. And the lawyer said, he slowed down. I said, no. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.